And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, April the 11th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. Today, on April 11, 1968, President Lyndon B. Johnson signed into law the Civil Rights Act of 1968. That included the Fair Housing Act. That came a week after the assassination of Martin Luther King, Jr. Today, in 1814, Napoleon Bonaparte abdicated his emperor of the French and was banished to the island of Elba. He wasn't happy to be there, although it's supposed to be a beautiful place. Napoleon Napoleon later escaped, as you may know, from Elba. He returned to power in March of 1815, but it didn't last very long. His downfall in the Battle of Waterloo came in June of 1815. His comeback did not work out well. Today, in 1865, President Abraham Lincoln spoke to a crowd outside the White House. He said in the concluding uh, days of the of the Civil War, he said to the crowd out there, he said, we meet this evening not in sorrow, but in gladness of heart. That would be the last public address that Lincoln would ever deliver. Four days later, on the evening of April 15, John Wilkes Booth slipped into the theater behind President Lincoln and killed him. Today, in 1861, former SS officer Adolf Eichmann went on trial in Israel. He was charged with crimes against humanity for his role in the Nazi Holocaust. He was convicted and executed. There are people that are talking, seriously talking, about charging Putin with war crimes, the way he is indiscriminately killing children and women in his um, invasion of Ukraine. We'll see where that goes. I don't know if we have people today in office that have the stomach to bring about any kind of charges like that against Putin. We'll see how that all plays out. But there are people talking about it. Today in 1970, Apollo 13 with astronauts James Lovell, Fred Hayes, and Jack Swigert, they blasted off. It was an ill-fated mission to the moon. It could have ended much worse than it did. The mission was aborted when an oxygen tank exploded on April 13th. The crew splashed down safely four days after the explosion. I want to talk to you today a, a little bit about something that is kind of making its way through the fabric It's a thread. It's becoming more than a thread. It's more of a rope. It's being woven into the fabric of the Christian community across America. And it's devastating to people's faith as they pursue it. I want to talk to you about that today a little bit because it is in the churches and it's very, very deceptive. But let me share with you a verse that I read earlier this morning just to my own personal Bible reading, Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. It is God's righteousness upon which we stand, that is, the solid rock Christ Jesus. All other ground is sinking sand. I want to talk to you a little bit about sinking sand 
this morning. Before we get to that, though, Abigail Disney, she's the outspoken left-wing granddaughter of Disney, uh, co-founder Roy Disney, brother of Walt. She's urging the company this morning to embrace more leftist social positions. She said political neutrality is no longer an option for American corporations. She said if this brand, our Disney, <laughs> our Disney, does not stand for love, what on earth is it for? She wrote in a recent op-ed for the Washington Post in her editorial, Abigail Disney slammed Florida's parental rights and education law, falsely claiming that its supporters will not be satisfied until they have erased an entire class of human beings. It's interesting how the people who are trying to erase Christian values and perhaps erase Christianity itself always blame conservatives, particularly biblical Christians, for trying to erase their behavior that is condemned by the Word of God. It's interesting how that works. She's also focused on the growing backlash against Disney among conservatives. I talked about this last week, and let me assure you, and I'm sure you know this, boy, we're not the only one talking about it here. It's being talked about across the nation. Disney was kind of a last resort. It was kind of like when you put the kids in the car, and if you live on the West Coast, you say, let's drive to Disneyland. If you live somewhere in the Midwest or East, you can go either way. East Coast, you go down to Disney World. But it was just a place you could go, and everybody would have a good time, and you know, Mickey Mouse and all of that, they would do what they do, and it'd be great. You'd spend more money than you thought you were going to spend, but it's okay. We had a good time. Boy, that has changed. And it's impacting. Nobody is ignoring this because everybody knows about Disneyland or Disney World, and they liked it until now. And that's changing because more and more, as the light is turned on, we're beginning to see some of these Disney family operatives are all-out activists. Walt Disney, I am certain from what I've read about him, I didn't know him. I knew I knew a couple of people that did know him. In fact, they were distant relatives of his. Both were preachers. One was a pastor, one was an evangelist. They were brothers. But I didn't know Walt Disney. But man what he stood for, what he did, the things that he said over his lifetime didn't reflect any of what his family is now using this marvelous place that he created for families as a tool to advance an agenda that is destructive to the very families that Disney wanted to serve and did so successfully. It's really a sad deal. She says, this uh, Abigail Disney, she says this morning, the only option for corporate leaders is to stand tall for authenticity, generosity, joy, and decency. And keep in mind that she puts in that basket her activism to advance the transgender and homosexual and bisexual agenda. She puts that in in the basket of authenticity, generosity, joy, and decency. She said, these things are kryptonite for the right-wing agenda. The right-wing agenda would be conservatism and biblical values. Fortunately, they are also the heart and soul 
of the Disney brand. So she's saying while she is advancing a deadly lifestyle that is condemned by the word of God, Jesus Christ died on the cross to forgive and restore all of us who have sinned, including those sins. They're not rejected. They're invited to come into the presence of God at the cross and see their lives transformed and be delivered from this destructive behavior that they're not born with. That's what that's what this whole issue is about. So she is taking, this Abigail is taking the virtues of Christianity and she is making that the virtues of Disney, attaching it to the radical homosexual agenda that she and her, and they're not timid about it, she and other family members are now promoting using the brand and the money of Disney, Walt Disney Corporation. The Walt Disney Corporation is the actual title of the company. Boy, I'll tell you, it's almost, it's so deceptive. Sometimes you think, is this true? They take the values of joy and love and peace and compassion and all these kind of things, and they say, yeah, that's what we're for. And if if you don't ad- adhere to or even celebrate the lifestyles that are all involved in this or the 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 killing of an unwanted, unborn child, then you're not loving and compassionate and all of these things. It causes people sometimes to take a step back and say, boy, is it me or is it them? being human and imperfect as we are. In that context, there is a new movement that's making its way through the church, and it's called deconstruction. I want to tell you this morning, flat out, period, it's a false doctrine. If a preacher steps behind the pulpit and starts in on deconstruction, he may not use that word or she, whatever, But if they go down this path, it's a false doctrine. It is a destructive doctrine. It is highly, highly misleading and deceitful. In Galatians chapter 1, Paul begins with Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. He said, and all the brethren which are with me under the churches in Galatia and so on. He said, grace be to you, peace from God and so on. Verse 4, he said, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our fathers, to whom be glory and forever and ever. Amen. Verse 6, he said, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you under the grace of Christ unto another gospel. He said, I am concerned that we are just in the shadow of the cross. Jesus Christ has died for our sins. He was resurrected from the dead. We have embraced him. He has changed our lives. He has restored us. He has forgiven us of our sins. And now you're turning away to another gospel so soon. He said, it's not, verse 7, he said, it's not really another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. And verse 8, but through, but though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than, what, than that which we preached unto you, let him be accursed. Now these are God's words. If you believe the Bible is the inspired, infallible word of God, and I do, and hopefully you do as well. 
These, he says, which is not another gospel, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. In verse 8 and 9, he says, But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel that we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you that ye be that you have received, let him be accursed. That is the word of the Lord. There's a trendy new hashtag that tempts Christians to look wise, to look woke in our culture today, at least in the world's eyes. A while back, a couple of months ago, there were 293,026 posts on Instagram utilizing the hashtag, hashtag deconstruction. The vast majority are from people who've deconverted from Christianity. They've become progressive Christians and now embrace same-sex marriage, the relationships that go with that, and all of the variations of sexual relations that are LGBTQ, AI+, ABCD, whatever. All of this stuff. I'm talking about the church now, not Hollywood. All of these behaviors and beliefs that are condemned by God's word are now being put into uh, this umbrella experience of profound simplicity and profound um, dedication of deconstruction. They often identify as the Christian left. Some that have become part of the Christian left don't fully understand what we're talking about today, but they should because they're part of it. Every biblical Christian must be informed because the deconstruction movement ultimately leads to destruction. Deconstruction is conforming to the world under the guise of seeking an authentic faith. In other words, I want to go deeper with God. I want an authentic faith. I don't want to take a faith that's that's tainted by the culture that we live in. And yet it's the very culture that we live in that is shaping their new revised faith under the guise of seeking a more authentic faith. Very deceptive. The deconstruction movement recruits from the ranks of Christian celebrities, musicians, the young, impressionable evangelicals, but not limited to those. Deconstruction is not sound. Deconstruction will ultimately lead to destruction itself. Dr. Owen Strahan, senior fellow with Family Research Center's Center for Biblical Worldview, he's come out, he's talking about this. He said, boy, be careful. Uh, uh, Strahan explains that deconstruction in its so-called Christian context refers to the process of challenging what you've been taught with the goal of establishing an authentic faith. He says, despite the innocuous-sounding definition, deconstruction gives you license to doubt the Christian faith, to doubt the Word of God, to turn your back on your parents' generation and the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ more broadly. He says, quote, it often ends up being an on-ramp to leftism, and it takes its cues from the LGBTQ revolution. Deconstruction, he says, has 20th century roots in philosophers like Foucault, Deruda. Those are weirdos. In fact, they're the founders of queer theory and postmodernism, respectfully. I mean, if you've studied that, you know those names. If you haven't, that's who 
that's the fountain. They are what Marxism, or what Karl Marx is to Marxism. Anyway, Denny Burke is a professor of biblical studies at Boyce College. That's the undergraduate school, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. He was talking about that this week as well. He said, if you think deconstruction is just another name for reformation or revival, he said, you don't know what deconstruction is. Reformation dispenses with the bad, but holds the good. Deconstruction tries to destroy both the good and the bad. Don't deconstruct. Those are his words. Burke notes that according to the book, American Heritage, deconstruction is a philosophical movement and a theory of literary criticism that questions traditional assumptions. Like, it's about, I mean, they, and he's right, they, it questions like certainty and identity and truth. And it asserts that words can only refer to other words. And it attempts to demonstrate how statements about any text subvert their own meanings. I mean, this sounds crazy, at least to me. I mean, I grew up on an orchard. What do I know? But it, you, you just say, wait a minute. Now, nobody really believes this, do they? Yeah, they do. And it's pulling thousands away from Christ across this country. And it's in Europe as well. But that's a different talk at a different time if we do that. But here in the United States, it's just unbelievable. In other words, what they're saying is that any word that you use to describe something only describes another word. It doesn't describe another truth or reality. So you get to the point that when you say, like, God is good, that means that the word God reflects something that is good. So what do we? De- how can we decide what is good? Well, I think compassion is good, therefore... Gays have been attacked by Governor Santos in California because now he won't even let us say gay, although his bill doesn't even mention the word gay. I mean, that's how this goes. That's how it rolls. That's why Paul was talking about another gospel all those years ago. So much has changed since Paul walked this earth, the Apostle Paul, and yet nothing has changed since the Apostle Paul wrote those words. Human nature remains the same. We desperately need a Savior. We need deliverance. We need clarity for life, and that's the Bible, the infallible, inherent Word of God, inspired by God through imperfect people who wrote Scripture. He says he's well aware that some Christians are using the term deconstruct in a well-meaning way, and they are, there's people running around. They don't even know what it means. But say, I'm in a, I'm in, I'm in a, a path of, of deconstruction now. I'm, I really want a closer walk with the Lord. He says the leftist Christian movement recru- recruits heavily from the ranks of public figures within the Christian community, like musicians and young evangelicals. Alisa Childers is a Christian singer. She's a songwriter. She writes a blog about apologetics. She talks about in her blog some of the things we talk about on this program. I don't know her. I've never met her, but um, she she says her blog is for is is about apologetics and quote my blog is for doubting Christians and honest skeptics. In her desire for a more authentic faith, she tells the story. She wrote a book about it. She tells the story of how she became ensnared in this deception. 
She said, I wasn't in rebellion. I just wanted a closer walk with God. I just wanted my faith to be more authentic. It's amazing. Hundreds of thousands of people are identifying with this movement, either directly or indirectly, unknowingly, ignorantly. She's warning, though. She said the vast majority are from people who've deconverted from Christianity, becoming progressive Christians that you see using this hashtag, and they use it all the time on social media, which gets the attention of other Christians, and they go, what is this? And they look into it, and they go, oh, I, yeah, I want to be closer to the Lord too, especially young people. She says that she has taken some classes. She has looked into this. She got caught up in it, and God delivered her from it. But she said what she found is that these Christians who have deconstructed actually become progressive Christians. They claim the Bible as the basis of their faith, and yet they adapt to all of the cultural demands, particularly, she says, having to do with same-sex marriage and relationships, the core historic doctrines of the faith, and she said, and the mission to crush white Christian patriarchy. She said, there are conferences you can attend for one which I personally paid good money. This was after she'd been delivered from it. She said, I went there for research purposes to be taught how to break free from toxic religion, reject Christian dogma, and learn to embrace what basically added up to a warmed-over Buddhism. She took notes. She included that in the book she wrote. Phil Drysdale is a deconstructed Christian and a deconstruction researcher. He asked people on Instagram to name the accounts that have helped them through their deconstructions here just a while back. If you scroll through the answers that he got on his web, and he's got, I don't know, a couple hundred thousand people following him or whatever, he said a quick scroll reveals that leaders and guides, the vast majority, are looking to our accounts and people like Lisa Gunner, Audrey Assad, a group called God is Gray, like the color, Jesus Unfollower, Your Favorite Heretics, Joe uh, Joe Lumen, The Naked Pastor, that's another uh, website, and a plethora of others dedicated to providing a space for Christians to examine, reinterpret, and even abandon their faith. None of these accounts encourage Christians to look to Scripture as the authority for truth. That's the point. And that's why I'm talking about this today. We are we are embracing, quote-unquote, all of the values of God's Word, and we are setting aside God's Word and making those values subjective because we believe and the world believes and the secular culture believes that this is the right thing to do. And then they harvest scriptures from just willy-nilly through the Bible that appear out of context to support what they're doing. Well, I'll tell you, in her book, she talks about, I mean, she she's very open. She said, I really got messed up. Uh, but she said, I, I was sincere going in. She said, I soon began to realize God was good to her. She began to realize, man, this is, this is nonsense. She said, in the context of faith, deconstruction is the process of systematically dissecting and often rejecting the beliefs say you grew up with in church, like many did in former generations. Sometimes the Christian will deconstruct all the way into atheism. Some remain there, but others experience a reconstruction. 
But the type of faith they end up embracing, she said from her experience and then her research, she said is embracing what the, the kind of faith they end up embracing almost never resembles the Christianity they formerly knew. That's exactly what Paul is talking to the Galatians about. I just read. She knows that deconstruction rarely retains any vestige of actual Christianity. None of this means that Christianity prohibits honest questions. I want to be sure to say this before we run out of time today. We can ask honest questions and we can have doubts and fears. The difference is what we do with them. These guys, that's why this is such a thin line between truth and deception. And this is deception. Paul would say the same thing to them, and he does. He speaks through the Word of God. If they'll read Galatians. But they don't want to. They don't want that message. They want to advance another gospel. They're obsessed with it. Dr. Strachan says, By the grace of God, a few genuine Christians have survived their attempts at deconstruction and have returned to the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints, quoting from Jude 3. But far more have made shipwreck of their faith. He's referring there, I think, to 1 Timothy 1.19. He said, They are the seed sown on rocky ground, which has no root in himself, but endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises on the account of the word, immediately he falls away. That's Jesus in Matthew 13. He says, Christians don't need to embrace deconstruction to grow in godliness. We have the perfectly true word of God interpreted by the infallible spirit of God who has sealed us in Jesus Christ. These weapons of our warfare are invincible if we will only make use of them. The market price for truth has never been higher. Prominent deconstructions notwithstanding, falling away is not inevitable. The cause of Christ will win. We are victorious in Christ. But boy, Strachan and others are saying, pastors and parents, work to faithfully instruct the children in your care, the people, if you're a Christian leader. All Christians should take courage and stand, but don't be deceived. That is the world in which we live. We can ask honest questions. There's at least three cases in the New Testament where that happened. Nicodemus, Thomas, the early church in the book of Acts. Oh, we can ask questions, but it's a matter of the spirit in which the questions are asked. And that's what makes it so deceptive. That's why people are getting involved in this. Think for a moment. Do you know someone, perhaps yourself, but do you know someone who once stood solidly on God's word and on the promises of God and served the Lord with all their heart, and now they've taken the on-ramp to this leftism that some of our own leaders, elected leaders in the highest office, they hold? Of course you do. That's what this deconstruction movement is all about. Tear apart your faith and rebuild it to suit the needs of the culture in which we live. Paul said, do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Thank you so much for being with me, and thank you for your support. We need it. I'll see you tomorrow.